We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash lawless. Just go to Indeed.com slash lawless right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed com slash lawless. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's winter, and you can now get almost anything you need for the coldest months of the year delivered with Uber Eats. What do we mean by almost? Well, you can't get a ski slope delivered, but you can get dish soap delivered. Sunshine, that's a no. But a bottle of wine, that's a yes. A snow angel, sorry, no. But angel hair pasta, Uber Eats can definitely get you that. Get almost, almost anything delivered with Uber Eats. Order now. Alcohol and select markets. Product availability may vary by region. See app for details. Uh, This was not great. This was obviously not an inspiring type of window in terms of both the results and the performance. And as we've mentioned time and time again, being that this is the last um, time we will see this team, that's, that's not a great way to go out. Now, the fact that these games were held over in Europe, Greg Berhalter was very clear that that was in an effort where the majority of players playing in Europe don't have to travel as much. I will point out that a flight from London to Doha is six hours, okay? Roughly the same amount uh, for London to, let's say, New York. Uh, The sterile environments uh, for both of these games were certainly not conducive and not an approximation of anything close of what a World Cup environment is going to be. And when you juxtapose them with what we saw in the Nations League, not great. Not great. Having said that, I think we have more questions than answers after this window. Uh, it's not all doom and gloom. The sky is still not falling. Some of those questions we've we had even before the window, they just have not been answered. And maybe some others have come along. Uh, Mossy, initial reactions to this game, but also to the window. Yeah, if this window was about generating excitement and generating momentum towards the World Cup, then it was absolute disaster because I agree with you. Today was also a very poor performance. Um, the only reason they didn't lose is because Saudi Arabia is not as good as Japan. I know they finished above them in qualifying, but they were missing some of their best players today. So they weren't able to capitalize on some of the U.S.'s flaws uh, in the same way that Japan did. And yeah, if it was just about intensity, it'd be one thing. But I, I do think there's some real personnel, philosophical issues when you consider the fact that, you know, Rob Stone and I were talking at halftime. And at that point, each of the center forwards had played exactly 45 minutes. And their numbers were all putrid across the board. Ferreira, first half against Japan, only 14 touches. Sargent, second half, only 15 touches. And then Pepe in the first half today, uh, only 12 touches. So now that's three different players in this system that are struggling to get involved in the game. So at what point is it not the player and is it the system? Yeah. And then, look, 
after the first game against Japan, I think a lot of us were screaming and yelling about the inability to be flexible and to adjust to what the game gave the U.S. I, I actually think the U.S. came out in this game, and you know, certainly from a, a tactical perspective, the way that they played the long balls, especially those diagonal balls, either from a center back to an outside back who had pushed up, or a center back over the top uh, to Weston McKinney, who he must have made 20 runs from that midfield uh, and obviously had been told to do that. And they were, they, were, they were good runs. So in that sense, that adjustment was important. The field, again, wasn't great, and so therefore it didn't lend itself necessarily to playing uh, out of the back. And those long balls were on, especially with a Saudi Arabia that likes to play that high line. That's great. The problem is, so you solved one problem, but you either have created another problem or the next problem in line steps up. And that was the inability, once those balls got, got out wide, to have any consistency of service and any quality of service. And we saw Clint Dempsey after the game, you know, there was some uh, video that we were showing where it's not that you didn't get into these positions, but then those final balls were, were poor. And someone like Ricardo Pepe, who gets this moment to shine, I, I, as much as I don't like feeling bad for strikers, in this case, I, I can understand how frustrating it may be where you're not even getting service to do what you are asked to do. And I know we kind of want him to do more than just get on the end of uh, balls out there. But so Greg Berhalter at the end of the game said that this was a nervy type of window. And I get that players are nervous in that they're not on the team and they, they think that, oh, one bad step and or one bad ball and I'm not going to be on that plane. I get it. But as I said at the end on our broadcast, if you're nervous now, if this is nervy now, then what the hell are you going to do when you get in front of a billion people playing at the World Cup? And I know the environment and circumstances will be different, but we expect more than just making the team for players. We expect more than just making and qualifying for the World Cup, regardless of, uh, of what happened last time around. And we expect more than just even getting out of the group here. So you're going to need, nervy isn't going to cut it now or in the World Cup. You're going to need ballsy. And unfortunately, that ballsy, uh, you know, uh, swagger that we come to associate with his team was rarely evident in these two games. Um, anything before we take uh, some calls here, Mossy? Well, again, I was curious about the midfield configuration. Some people thought when the lineup came out that it was going to be a double pivot with Adams and Acosta. It felt more to me like Adams as the six and Acosta and McKinney as eights. But as you mentioned, with Weston McKinney having lots of freedom to bomb forward, which he did. Uh, but again, the lack of ball progression in the midfield, um, you just you come to realize that Yunus Musa is the only midfielder in this pool that can pick up a ball in his own half mm -hmm. and carry it with any sort of authority into the other half of the field. Uh, it, it's just maddening how none of the other midfielders can do this. All right, let's take some questions here. Garrett Franks, you're up first. Uh, have your say here. Let's see what uh, what you got to say. There we Hello, go. Lexi. Yeah. Hey, how you doing? Uh, I've been better, <laughs> especially after this window. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. It's, not, it's yeah. not great. Yeah, and I try to be positive. You know, listen, I try to give Greg the benefit of the doubt because I'm not going to act like I have some soccer tactician background. I don't. Okay, so I'm not going to act like I can, do, I can draw something up better than he can. But it's just frustrating when we see these same things he keeps trying over and over, and they don't work. I like Kellen Acosta. Kellen Acosta deserves a spot on our team, but he's not an eight for us. He's a, he's a backup six, and I think he does great at the backup six position, but he struggles with any creativity in the midfield. 
I, I don't. I mean, Aaron Long. I mean, we 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 beat that one to the dead horse. He's a dead horse at this point. I understand Aaron Long's a good player, but he just doesn't. He's not good enough at the international level. Good MLS player, not enough for the USMNT. And I get some injuries force his hand with having to play other guys, but still, it's just frustrating. You know. Yeah. Uh, my my heart goes out to Geo. I hope nothing serious. I mean, like seeing that. I mean that that's that broke my heart seeing him go off the field. And I don't, I hope it's nothing serious. He just kind of got spooked a little. But man, like tough break for the kid. He's just such a seems like a great kid. Obviously, one of the biggest talents we have on our team. And I, I just I just hope he's okay. He can get back to club level before the World Cup. But Masi, you said something I kind of want to touch on. You talk about phys, um philosophy of the team. And it feels like four years, you know, after we're promised this fast, pe- you know, this fast paced, very pressing, you know, very identifiable, identifying style of soccer. We don't have that. It still just looks like we're a bunch of individuals out there playing. And, you know, we can blame the players all we want about that. But at the end of the day, it's the Greg Berhalter tender. That's what we're all going to go back to. When we think about teams of 06, we think about, you know, Bruce Arena we, or, yes, Bruce Arena. When we go back to 2010, we think about Bob Bradley. 2014 Klinsman, 20, you know, the Cuba disastrous Klinsman slash arena. At the end of the day, we're not going to think about the, I think we'll think about the players, but it'll be under Greg Berhalter's tenure. And this all falls on him at the end of the day, in my opinion. All right. appreciate it, Garrett. Uh, Mossy, I don't know if you have anything to say to that. I just want to, a couple of things that, that Garrett mentioned there. Um, you know, when it comes to, uh, Kellen Acosta, the, I guess the irony, uh, relative to his assessment of what Kellen Costa is and isn't, is that for a team that has plenty of height and I think should be so much better on set pieces, the set piece service is crap on a consistent basis. And that's that's concerning. I mean, that's been a hallmark for the U.S. teams for years. And I think it is something that can, for lack of a better word, save us going forward, and yet we are not mining it. Keep in mind, the U.S. men's national team actually has a set-piece coach. So, you know, this should be something that we are making, you know, progress with, but uh, but we are not. And so that's that's a little uh, that's a little concerning, you know, whether it was Gio Reyna or whether it was Christian Pulisic. As far as Gio Reyna, and for those that don't know, he did come off um, early in the first half or late late in the first half. He was not scheduled to come off, so it obviously was a um, adjustment that uh, that Greg Berhalter had to make. Our own Jenny Taft, who was over there, you know, talked to the staff, and it was quote unquote precautionary. Now I don't know what the hell that means, uh, given his history which has not been great. This should not, unfortunately, be a surprise to anyone seeing him come off the field. I mean, that he didn't come off the field in tears holding something. I guess that's a a good thing. But the reality is that he is fragile. So I guess precautionary means that Giorena is okay. He started. He played 25 minutes. But the potential is always there for him to get hurt. And so we're taking him off now. And I don't know what he felt. But, you know, like Garrett, I, I too... I just hope that it's not anything uh, serious. Mossy, any comments uh, relative to what Garrett said? Well, I do want to comment on these set pieces. Um, you're right. Um, that Honduras game in uh, frigid St. Paul, Minnesota, was a total outlier. You might recall all those goals uh, that night came off set pieces. Yeah, I know the um, equalizer against El Salvador in the last window technically was a set piece goal. It was originated from a corner that was cleared out and then a cross put back in. And Jordan Morris headed in. Then against Grenada, there was a, a short corner where Acosta squared it to Ferreira, who connected on this nice shot. But in terms of, yeah, directly off a 
corner or a set piece, somebody putting in a nice swerving cross and players attacking it and somebody heading it in the back of the net. We haven't seen enough of that. Uh, set pieces have always been a hallmark for this U.S. team. And it, it, right now, it's not much of a weapon for them at all. All right, let's take a few more questions here. Uh, Rally Mullet, let's see what uh, Rally has to say. He's a uh, long time, many time participation. Uh, hey, hey Rally, what's up? <laughs> Oh, don't do that. Don't come on here with that facetious kind of stuff. Don't you dare do that. How dare you? How dare you? All right. What do you want to talk about? Because it looks like this team, and I wanted to get your uh, opinion, that they were not wanting to show an opponent anything that they can find to study off of them going into the World Cup. Was not the coach of Wales at the game? Yes. The coach was saying. So you're saying that Greg Burhalter is sandbagging and has been yes. for two games. Wow. Yes. That would that would truly be something. He would be in uh, you know, operating or playing chess when we're all playing checkers. If that's <laughs> if that is truly the case and he is willing to take the criticism and the anger that uh, surely has befallen him uh, after this window, uh, for a greater good and a bigger picture type of thing, that would truly be amazing. I don't think that that's necessarily what you is happening th- here, but um, but yeah, I mean, be- but, well, I mean to be fair, I, I don't think that all the cards have been shown either out of you know by design or just because of the situation with injuries and all that kind of stuff. When it comes to set pieces, you still you're not holding back for special set pieces in the World Cup. I'm not saying you're not going to have some specialty pieces there, but still you want to you want to be dangerous on set pieces. Right. I think, though, again, looking at the missing pieces of, of Jedi, of Musa, yeah. of Wea, I mean, these guys are class, I think, and, and they fit better in his situ- his uh, where they his role where he wants them to play. And when they're missing, this is what we get, I think, yep. is also what I feel. Yep. Anyways, um, another thing was I was going to say, in your capacity that you're on TV and things and, and media, social media. Um, how do you look at the stats of games or when you look at the stats of games? Hold, hold on. <laughs> Sorry. It's, it's like you got your hands full. Get, 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 those, get those kids to quiet down back there. Jesus. Yeah, right. Yeah, we're dealing with some important things. It, it, that's all right. Just a flesh one. Um, if, uh, if, if you look at these stats, can you bring them to light? more uh, in my opinion i think can be brought more like xg uh the run rates of players the passing percentages the, the completion percentages and i i gotta go in here but it'll show like <laughs> all right rally i understand what you're saying i understand what you're saying i get what you're saying we're gonna answer the question you go deal with you got what you got to deal with but i will answer that question oh my goodness all right rally's got his hands full there um okay moss are you tapping your phone is that what you're doing <laughs> i got you um Masi, Masi loves to tap his phone. If you ever see him, you will see him tapping his phone. It's how he thinks. It's one of those uh, things that he does. Um, but I have to catch him, especially when he's talking to his phone here. So the XG and the data, uh, Masi, listen, I know you are knee deep into it. But I also, what I love about you, Masi, is that it's not that you take it with a grain of salt. Is that you, uh, you approach it from a much more balanced perspective, okay? And I think a lot of that comes from the fact that you know, we talk about and we've played a game where the numbers can be deceiving. And we are on this quest, if you will, and we have been for a number of years to try to attach numbers and data and analytics, but the appropriate way 
that can help illuminate what we are seeing on the field. I think that soccer is the most beautiful, but also the strangest and therefore most frustrating game because it doesn't always equate. I mean, you can have a game where you can literally not even touch the ball except for one time and still win the game. And that doesn't necessarily exist in uh, in other sports. Look, we, whether it's us or ESPN or anybody else, we are always looking for ways to augment and to improve the experience and to, you know, some to lend some information and detail to the things that we are seeing. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't, sometimes they apply, sometimes sometimes they don't. But whatever you're, whatever you are seeing, we don't want just to you know, drown you in numbers and data out there. We also, but but we also don't want to shy away from it just because it's something new. Anyway, Mossy, go ahead. I will say Saudi Arabia finished with a slightly higher XG today. And that kind of matched the eye test for me. Um, I thought it was a fairly even game, but I thought they actually had the clearer chances and, and were the team that was closer to winning that game. Do you agree? Yes, absolutely. I mean, look, there was that goal line scramble uh, a couple of times, actually. Um, and our best chance came from Jesus Ferreira, who came in, I, th- I think, did himself proud, if you will. I think he is still the incumbent, for better, for better or worse, uh, going forward. Um, I think Joe Scali actually did a good job when he came in. Limited minutes, but uh, I think he did a, a good job. And keep in mind that in this moment where we are with a f- fine-tooth comb, you know, going through absolutely everything that's happening, you know, just because somebody was involved in that first game and it didn't go well doesn't mean that they can't that they're that they're never going to be back again or just because Joe Scally comes in in the second half and has some good passes doesn't mean that he should be a starter or he should definitely be on the plane and I think Greg Berhalter will have some perspective he'll take some time after this uh this window keep in mind that while there will be a camp it will be populated by MLS players and and MLS players that aren't going to be in the playoffs, um, and that camp happening, what is it, uh, sometime in, uh, in October, getting ready, uh, getting ready for everybody. So, But that's not really a national team camp. So this was the last time that we are going to see this team. And the next time that they step on the field, you hope that, like you said, uh, Eunice Moose is back on the field, that Robinson's back out there, and more importantly, that collectively, there is a better understanding and a better edu- execution in terms of what this team is doing. Mossy, anything uh, else before we take another call? Yeah, on the fullback position, you mentioned Scally. He's one of these guys that can play on either side, and, and, and most people envision him in this camp playing at left back, but he showed pretty well at right back uh, today after coming on for Yedlin. Serginho Des started at left back, had a couple of good moments, but I don't love him in that position I because I feel like I everything he does is cutting into the middle of the field and you lose any kind of width down that wing. Um, so yeah, you, you agree, right? I mean, yeah. and that seems to be kind of a plan B for Burhalter, but I hope he finds two dependable left backs that take the guitar. You can eliminate that Sergio. It left, was, it was uh, frustrating also because it's it, it, at times it stunted some really promising forays down that left-hand side. Even there was a moment where, he had the left-footed cross and elected to come back on on his right. So, I mean, we know he's predominantly right-footed, but his dribbling patterns are all towards his right foot cutting in, which can be effective at times. But ultimately, you need somebody that's able to give you know, service. And when you get yourself free and wide open there, you got to be able to hit a left foot across. I think he can hit a left foot across. Uh, and we've seen, seen him cut in from the right-hand side and actually hit uh, left-footed shots. But I think, it's, I think it becomes very predictable 
with him that over there on that left-hand side. So knock on wood that uh, uh, that Jedi gets back. Uh, let's see here. Let's uh, let's go here and we'll take another question here from. How about Jack? Let's see. What's up, Lexi? Can you hear me? Yes, I can. How are you? Doing good. I'm doing good, man. Uh, Where are you calling fan. from? Where are you calling from? I'm uh, just outside Boston right now. And, oh, okay. Um, yeah, just got uh, actually just got your jersey, your '94 denim jersey in the mail oh two goodness. days ago. So uh, oh, wear it proud. I hope you don't get beat up. <laughs> I'll try not the to. There. Did you watch any of this game? Yes, watch the whole thing. And what are your thoughts? All right, so I have I have a two parter for you. Uh, okay. The first part is you know a lot a uh, few teams uh, in the field will be having one more friendly uh, leading up to Qatar in the days before, mm-hmm. and considering that we're kind of still in the stage of who's making the plane. And uh, not really seeing like our starting 11 or even like the 14, 15 guys that we're trying to really work into that 11 uh, on the field gelling together. Obviously, uh, no Robinson, no Musa uh, right now. Do you think that there's any chance that Greg will try to set up maybe one more friendly or even just some like maybe a little bit higher paced uh, training sessions than you would oh, yeah, traditionally yeah. I mean, see? When we say there's no more friendlies, it's no more you know official ones. I, I guarantee that whether it's the U.S. or others in Doha for that week, and almost all the teams are going to be in there for that week, there, there will be a closed-door type of scrimmage. Now, it might be just because of the proximity against another team in the World Cup. You may want to do that. You may not want to from a strategic perspective. It might be against club teams or something like that. So, yeah, I, I mean... The, the official ones that teams have out there obviously are coming outside of the window, and that's something that they want to do. But yeah, it would not surprise me in the least. Now, we won't hear about it. We won't hear about who the starting lineups are. We won't hear ultimately about the who the result is because they will keep that very, very close to the uh, close to the vest here. But an 11 v 11 scenario with within that week is absolutely on the in the cards, and it would surprise me if if something is not done. Uh, uh, like that. Mossy, would you agree with me? Yeah, although the U.S. caught a bit of a bad break in that regard, being drawn into Group B, because it means yeah. they have to start the World Cup fairly early. It leaves less wiggle room for stuff like that. I know, like, Brazil boss Chichi, when he was interviewed before the draw, he said one of his main concerns was he wanted to be in one of those those last couple of groups, which Brazil ended up being, because those extra days, as you said, you could it's more training sessions, or you can even schedule a scrimmage in there. Uh, the U.S. being in Group B starting November 21st, you know, these guys are going to be playing for their European clubs right up until a week before. It doesn't leave a lot of wiggle room for that. All right, Jack, I appreciate it. Yeah, wait, one yeah, more sure. part. One what more, Alexi. Um, so do you think that, you know, considering how uh, the, the striker pool has been playing, how close are we, because in my opinion, that we should try, kind of just cut our losses and play a false nine and just get our best players Ooh. on the pitch rather oh. than trying to force something that might not necessarily yeah, be Yeah, I've there. had this conversation a number of times. I think we've even talked about it on the State of Union, Mossy, about the whole concept of just get whatever you feel your most talented and best players are on the field and work it out. Not because necessarily that is the ideal and what you wanted to do from the start, but just because you're going to play the hand that you have been dealt. And to your point with a false nine and everything, now I can make an argument for that, and there are plenty of people that do, and that's where the, you know, putting a a Gio Reyna as a false nine uh, and getting Weah and, and Brendan Aronson and all these guys on the field and just kind of having them figure out, that's where that argument comes from. I don't think that that's going to happen because I don't think that Greg Berhalter sees that as a viable type of situation. I mean, if, if you notice every single time 
I don't know, me or anybody else talks about, for example, Weya coming into the middle and just kind of free forming as a, as a nine, immediately that, that is shot down. So I think it is that false nine when it comes to Jesus Ferreira, who, who knows, in Greg Berhalter's mind, might be one of your best players being on the field. But I don't think that that ultimately is going to change where you're going to have players playing positions that, that we don't normally associate them with. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Burhalter does think Ferreira is one of the best 11, whether he is right or wrong, is <laughs> sure. to be seen. But so I appreciate it. I appreciate it. So, yeah, Mossy, um, you know, we, we'll uh, we'll finish this up real quick here. There's so many people that want to talk. I really appreciate you tuning in and uh, and, and raising your hand. Well, there's no way in hell we're ever getting to, to get everybody here. We'll take a few more. But, you know, I do want to in this moment of uh, doom and gloom and uh, criticism and cynicism even uh, when it comes to this window. And I'm not saying that I don't join in at times or that it's not justified. Um, I do think that things can fundamentally change and change drastically in terms of the fortunes of this team. And this window does not have to come to define what this, uh, what this team is. And that's not me being Pollyanna. That's not me sticking my head in, in the sand. Yes, there is an element of glass half full in the way that I am looking at it. But it also comes from the breadth of work that Greg Berhalter likes to talk about. I will say this, though, and I said this on, on well, I didn't say this on air, but I'll say it here. Uh, the U.S. Uh, is not in Kansas anymore, but more importantly, they're not in CONCACAF anymore. And two games against okay opponents, not the elites of the world by any stretch of the imagination, and we were less than impressive, Okay. And if that punch on the nose was that first game, then, you know, this was another, like, slap on the face, okay? And there better be a reaction. There better be a come-to-Jesus type of moment for this team before, uh, before they land in Qatar to understand that there is great opportunity, there's great um, expectations on this team, but they can't afford to have what happened in this window have in Qatar. And I don't think it's going to, I don't think it's going to happen. I am still bullish uh, about this team, but this window certainly has given me pause at different points. And I, I bet you there's a lot of people out there. A lot of people, it confirms some of their suspicions, whether they are sneaky, sneaky or not. Um, and maybe they're not going to change their mind. If anything, it's like I said, they are much more adamant about whether it's the, the, the formation, the personnel, Greg Berhalter, all of those, all of those different, uh, different things, have, like I said, have been confirmed. So I don't know, Mossy. Anything before we take another call? No, yeah, I agree with you. It's a wake up call, um, but it doesn't have to mean they're going to play poorly at the World Cup. You're going to have some key players, hopefully available, like Musa and Timmy Weah and Anthony Robinson. And U.S. fans, if you want to feel better, pop in a tape of that qualifier against Mexico and Cincinnati and remind yourself that there is a very good team in there somewhere with a lot of these same players. Yeah, in especially in a tournament situation, which they have shown you know, where they rise to the occasion. And you're hoping that that is going to happen. But you, the problem is, is if you, you know, use whatever you want, the, the switch or the faucet or whatever, if you go to that, go to the well and it's empty or the switch doesn't hit that electricity that you are looking for or the water doesn't come out of the spigot. I mean, there's a million ways to, to talk about it. And you are right now counting on a very different team, both practically in terms of how they play, but also I think the mentality of a very different team showing up for that game 
against whales. And all of Greg's Greg, Greg Berhalter's eggs are now in that basket. And there's still a lot of people that have their arms folded when it comes to what this team is going to do. And, you know, 54 days is not a long time, but it's still long enough time for people to come out of the funk that this window is probably going to uh, put them in. Uh, okay, let's take another call here. Let's go to, how about, uh, let's go to Blue City Radio. Well, you just used the term wake-up call, and I wonder if you meant that only for the players or if you meant it for the coaching staff as well, because I feel like uh, Greg has been very true to his uh, his principles, and I wonder if uh, these last two results might want to make him wake up and think, hey, this doesn't have to be the youngest team to be brought to uh, to Qatar. Maybe i got to change it up and bring some veterans that I know I'm going to get some real grit out of and uh, make people fight for their positions again. Yeah. Um, good call and good question. I appreciate it. Thanks for calling. Uh... eBay Motors is here for the ride. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You know, the youth of this team. I actually think that both Greg Berhalter and I think the team and even parts of myself look at it as a positive as opposed to a negative. Uh, will there be moments where they will act like young, inexperienced players? Yeah, individually and, and collectively. I understand that. All that is to say, I don't think that Greg Berhalter is rushing off now after this window and saying that I got to have Brooks or Ream or anything like that. I just don't think that he wants to do that. And I think he still remains concerned where you it actually hurts more than it helps in that it completely and fundamentally not only changes the dynamic, but your your point about Greg Berhalter being, um, you know, very romantic in the way that he has approached things. I don't think he... I think he would feel that it is a betrayal. And by the way, that's not to say that Greg Berhalter hasn't evolved. As a matter of fact, one of the criticisms I had after that game the other day was it looked like it was a retro performance in that it would have happened early on in the cycle for Greg Berhalter when he was trying to fit you know, square pegs in round holes and doing all that. And there was no adjustment at all. And they just kept pounding away at the same thing without recognizing either on the field or off the field what needed to be uh, what needed to be done. Um, I do think that this is a wake-up call for the players in that you need to understand that while we have lauded you now for this past couple of years, that's all fine and well, but this is a whole nother level and you're going to have to step it up uh, as such. That's, you know, that's, that's part of it. But Greg Berhalter, and I asked him, I asked him a question the other day after the uh, Japan game. I said, what did you get wrong? And he talked about a lot of the different things in terms of, uh, you know, the personality and the and the setup. I don't think that, well, I think he will accept, truly accept responsibility for these lackluster type of uh, results and performances. I don't think that that is going to make him do anything drastic in the way that you are uh, saying. Mossy, what do you think? Well, you mentioned Raymond Brooks. I don't see either of those two coming back into the fold, but I, I do think 
he's dying for Richards or Carter Vickers to get a decent run with their clubs over the next uh, couple of months and then to be healthy come Qatar because um, I'm not sold on Aaron Long starting either, especially for a team that wants to play out of the back. And so heart of hearts, Greg Berhalter would, would, would rather start Chris Richards alongside Walker Zimmerman. He just hasn't been able to do that. And so I think that's one that really bears watching coming out of this window. And you're sold on starting a young player who has, I don't know what, three caps or something like that at the world cup. And now not even being involved in the last couple of uh, games in the window. Yeah. It sort of undercuts what you were just saying about perhaps the need to add experience that would make the team actually younger. (laughs) But, uh, Hey, but I just but, think from a skill set standpoint. But, you know, I, I will quote myself when I say that form is fallacy. And so the fact that he is not playing, it works both ways. A player playing really, really well at a club situation, it doesn't always translate when you try to go to the international. And also a player that's playing like crap can come into a new environment. And in this case, not just a new environment, but with very little experience in that environment and shine. And I think I do agree with you. I think that Greg Berhalter, it really sucks that they got hurt this this window because it would have been really interesting to see what this team looked like with those types of players, uh, those type of players in. And now you don't have the ability to test that. It's all or nothing. And we know how important that first game against you cannot afford to get it wrong in that first game against Wales and going with a, I mean, let's be honest, he's untested relative to the national team. That's a big risk. I'm not saying it can't work out, and I'm not saying that he isn't thinking about that. But first off, he's got to be healthy, and that he's even, you know, like Gio Reyna, he's proven that that's difficult for him to do. And secondly, he has to be able to rise to the occasion and do something in a situation that he has very little uh, experience uh, when it comes to it. We've got about five more minutes, Moss. You want to take one more call? Yep. Okay, who should we go to here? Let's go to Bob. Let's see. How about Bob? Let's go to Bob. Bobby, Robert. Hey, hey, what's up? And Mossy, how are you guys? I'm good, and you? Good. Okay. I just think we need to, you know, not jump off the cliff here. I mean, right. I mean, where are you calling from, Bob, again? Holden Beach, North Carolina. North Carolina. Can you see out your window there? Are you inside or outside? Uh, I'm outside, right? Can you look up and uh, tell me, is the sky still there? Yes, it's a beautiful All right, good. Beautiful All right, so day. it hasn't fallen. Everything's okay. What do you want to talk about, Bob? Well, I mean, I, th- I thought there were, you know, a few positives today, which I think we need someone like Joe Scally out there mm-hmm. to uh, add that grit, which I think was totally lacking against Japan. And, hey, we had a clean sheet, and I thought that there were a couple positives, but obviously folks are are um, concerned with the negatives. But, but my question for you guys is, and this goes back to the Japan match, if you're Wales, England, Iran – Aren't you going to press the heck out of us? And what is our solution for that problem if we continue to play out of the back? And are we going to address it and do something about it? Look outside. That tree, that grass, those hedges, that calls for outdoor-grade outdoor power equipment. And that's where the Echo E-Force battery system belongs. It's birthplace. It's workplace. It's showplace. E-Force is all grind, no gimmicks. 56-volt outdoor power equipment specifically made for the outdoors. Conceived by specialists, tested by arborists, made for perfectionists. Echo E-Force isn't just a battery system. It's an outdoor-grade battery system. Echo. Power on. And on. Yes. Uh, I appreciate it, Bob. Thanks. Uh, So when it comes to 
you know, the pressing and the playing out of the back. You know, first off, it's going to be much more ideal type of circumstances and much better surface to be able to play out of the back. People will have seen and scouted that Japan game and will have seen if we try to play out of the back to press us. Now, now keep in mind that just because we are pressured playing out of the back doesn't mean that we can't be successful playing out of the back. It was when we got really, really predictable and played into situations that we did not have the players to be able to get uh, to get out of. We have seen plenty of times where this team actually has been able to play out of the back, but that can't be the only thing that you do. And I don't think it is it is it is going to be going uh, going forward. But you're absolutely right in that uh, everyone will have seen that uh, that game against Japan, and will be keeping that in their back in their back pocket. And I think that they will press us if in if in, when that happens. Then you have to see that adjustment that didn't come against Japan, where either it's Matt Turner or it's Walker Zimmerman, or it's a lot of what we did see today, where they, and it wasn't resorting to long balls. It was long balls that were actually on, and they can be incredibly effective if executed correctly and used at the uh, right moment. And many times we did see that today. And it and it pushes people back. Then you got to have, obviously, people, uh, if, you're, if you're punting the ball up the field, you got to have somebody that's going to win it. And we know Jesus Ferreira isn't, the tallest, uh, tallest out there. I mean, look, there is no team, and we've seen it over this window, even big teams. There is no team that is flawless. There is no team that doesn't have weaknesses uh, out there. Some are bigger, uh, some are bigger than uh, than others. But there will be, as we said, fifty-four days. Is that enough time to fix some of these deficiencies at weaknesses? Maybe, probably not. But you can spackle them a little bit and uh, and hope that nobody really identifies us and uh, identifies them and. Uh, exploits them and also do everything that you can to avoid them when you are uh, when you are playing. Mossy, anything before we go? Some families were born into. Some families are made from the ones we meet along the way. Our families are built on love and traditions, the memories we share, and knowing that life is better because we're together. Pure life, 100% pure quality water refreshing every moment together. Visit purelifewater.com and discover where to buy Pure Life. And my last, last comment will end on a happy note. Um, Matt Turner, I think, cemented that he will be your starting goalkeeper in Qatar, as he should be. And I think he's actually a real strength with his shot-stopping ability. He has the uh, ability to win you a game maybe you didn't deserve uh, just by coming up with some incredible saves. Yeah, I would say that right now, when we look at this men's national team after this window, Matt Turner is a starting goalkeeper. Um, I think that Serginho Dest is going to be on the right. Uh, Robinson, provided he's healthy, and I'm assuming he's going to be, uh, will be on the left. I think the question is, who's going to pair Walker Zimmerman? And I think that the jury is still out when it comes to that. In the midfield, it's going to be the uh, the three uh, usual suspects with Weston McKinney, who I thought played much better today. Tyler Adams, who I thought played actually a very good game, but he kind of always does that. And then Yunus Musa. And if anybody wins for not even being there, it's Yunus Musa in terms of how important he is. Up top, like I said, I think the incumbent is not going to change with Jesus Ferrer in the middle. Christian Pulisic on the left, who had kind of a quiet day, but he's going to be playing on the left. Then the big question is out there on the right. I think that ultimately it is going to be uh, Weya. And then you have guys like Aronson and um, Gio Reyna, provided they're healthy, and that's a big provided, coming off the bench as uh, super subs. 
Anything uh, on that one, Mossy, before we go? No, I agree. All right, listen, I appreciate everybody uh, showing up here for this uh, U.S. Men's National Team reaction show. Again, uh, that uh, Twitter handle is uh, SOTU with Alexi, State of the Union. We uh, continue to to create and spew out as much content as we possibly can on the State of the Union. We will continue to do that going forward. There's all sorts of stuff to talk about. Uh, But this is just soccer. And while we love to scream and yell and have passion and emotion and take it very, very seriously, we also understand that it is just a game. It's just soccer. It is our country. It is our team. We want this team to uh, to do well. This was, an, as I said, an uninspiring type of window. But relax. It's going to be okay. Onward and upward. Here's to much better things on the field and off the field. And thank you, everybody, for uh, tuning in today. I will leave you with that. And until then... And that's next, uh, until next time, and until then, and as always, size the day. <laughs> <laughs>